All right, welcome back to another back-to-back day of Petty's Pod. Yesterday we had March Madness. Today was the first day. Unfortunately, I'm recording this at seven uh, seven forty-five at uh, at night on the first day of March Madness. My bracket's done. Arizona lost. The script is burned. Obviously, you guys heard the script yesterday. That's gone. No more perfect bracket for me. Um, whatever. We're gonna move on from that though and go into the second of the back-to-back Petty's Pod, and we're gonna be talking about champions league and then we're also going to go move into a hot take segment of a uh, all-time premier league 11 it's super fun one of the best listens i think that we've had on petty's pod it's a very long episode but stay tuned in for it we got graham roche and henry miller coming on the podcast graham roche coming on for the first time today so it's really fun stay tuned in and uh, let's get straight into it Welcome back into the studio. Obviously, we got Henry Miller and Graham Roche on call. What's going on, guys? What's up, Petty? Petty, what's up, dude? Good to be here. Um, Miller, obviously, Petty's pod veteran. His first time on a uh, soccer pod. We're going to get straight into a Champions League talk. We're also going to have a hot take segment at the end with uh, all three of our Premier League 11. So we're going to get straight into it here. Starting off in the Champions League, the uh, the. Uh, Round of 16 just finished up uh, this week, sorry. Um, we're going to start with Graham Roche's favorite team, Manchester City. Roche, your team moving on to the Elite Eight. We're going to call it the Elite Eight. It's March, whatever. Um, how do you feel? I feel pretty happy, man. I was a little worried. I thought we were going to get it done, but after 1-1, one, one, I'm not going to lie. I thought we got cheated out of the pen. It is what it is. And then, I mean, all we need was one pen, and then we just get going. Erling Holland's phenomenal. Wait, um, hot, hot take real quick. Was that first pen a handball? Thoughts? Uh, I mean, if we're being honest, it was iffy. Like, it was, but, like, that's the type of thing you could, like, get away with. I know, v- VAR is pretty brutal, so. I mean, yeah, I thought it was whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it matters. It was seven, though. Yeah. I mean, we were going to win regardless when we played like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. um, Erling Holland, yeah. Ballon just give it to him. What I was what I was mad about, I don't think Pep knew this. Holland had five in the 60th minute. The single game goal record in the UCL is um, five. He tied it. He took him off. We got a hot take. Pep knew that for sure because it's Messi's record, and he didn't want it broken because he has a soft spot. Oh wow, Miller! Well, that's one of the best takes I've ever heard in my entire life. I didn't even think about that. Also, it was without any pens. And uh, it was against Real Madrid you know, as well. Much, so yeah, you know how much Pep loves. He talks with really highly of Messi and those Barcelona teams. I mean, that's kind of conspiracy, but he did take Holland out very early. He did. Well, what I thought it was is okay. We have so many guys that we need to keep happy. If you look at our roster, just the amount of money we spend. Obviously, we're going to be a very deep club, and you need to get guys like Foden and Alvarez. Like Alvarez wanted to leave the club, and I mean, we just signed him through twenty twenty eight, like today. But he wanted to leave. Like, we need to get these other guys on the field. So I think it's like keeping other guys happy. But at the same time, I wish that he just kept them on. Well, like, imagine you come to City. It's your first year. People are saying that you're not playing as well when you're on the field. And then you just go and break the UCL single-game record. Like, if I were Holland, I'd be kind of pissed off. Yeah, you heard him You heard him in his interview after. He said that he didn't know why he got taken off, but obviously he wants to score more and more goals. He said he could have scored more um, in his time on the field. Whatever. With Julian Alvarez, though, yeah. I mean, with Julian Alvarez, though, he came knowing that Holland was in the team. Like, I don't know why he did that. 
obviously Rocha said he signed a new contract, whatever. But he showed his class in the World Cup, um, and he's been great. He's honestly been really good for City this year. Um, he, he plays really well when he's in, but he signed for the club knowing Holland was going to be there. So that's kind of on him at this point. Um, Mill, I have a question for you on Man City, but I want to kind of unpack with what uh, Rocha said there. I think that the Holland Ballon d'Or stuff is like, it's kind of out of hand right now. I think anyone for Ballon d'Or right now is kind of out of hand. It's still a ways away. We have to see how the Champions League finishes. We know that plays a big role um, when it comes to like the FIFA awards and stuff like that. Um, obviously, the leagues have to finish up. So I think that when you look at like a Holland, you look at like an Mbappe or, or Neymar or Messi or whatever, you first look at trophies, and there hasn't really been any trophies given out yet. But Holland, I think PSG losing... Um, in this in this Champions League round is actually huge for Holland um, when it comes to ball, the Ballon d'Or because I think that Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe could have been ahead of him going into that into that day for the Ballon d'Or. But like I said, it's a long ways away. Miller, I know Rocha's answer to this, but can Man City actually win the Champions League Champions League this year? Because we know that's been a struggle for them in the past. So, well, what's your take on that? I, no, I'm sorry. I think I mean I don't know maybe, but. Okay, Pep did say in an interview that he's kind of given up on the Premier League and he cares about the Champions League more. But, like, give me – how is it different? How is it different than the past couple of years? It really isn't. There's teams that are still in, like, Bayern, Madrid, and then Napoli who are just, like – they play like a team. Like, they're those three teams are so tight and, like, just surgical. I don't see a team like Man City – that have this, like, I just think so many egos on their team. And they're, like, this always in the news. I think a team like Napoli or Madrid who just go about their business, I, I just don't. I think it's a semifinal exit. Can I, yeah. can I yeah, follow that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I get why you're saying, I mean, we're always in the media. Spotlight's on you, you're not going to do as well. But what feels very different for me is this is the most complete team we've ever had this is the first time since Aguero left the club that we've had like a true goal scorer, a true number nine. And also like, I mean, our, our, our defending was always good. Our midfield was always good, but we were lacking that, that number nine. And when we had that number nine, our, our defending was kind of shaky. I don't think that it's a personality issue. I think that Pep does a really good job of keeping everyone level-headed. I think it's, that we didn't have a goal score. I think that's what held us back last year. I think the one thing that concerns me is I don't know when it, like how far down we're going to go because you need to be able to step on another team's throat. I mean, we didn't do that last year against Madrid. That's why we lost. Yeah. We, were, we were five minutes away. That's all we had to do, and we let him back into it. So, I, mean, I don't know, but I, I do think that this year feels a lot different. I think that, I think, Miller, your point about you know, kind of going about your business. I think that there's players on the city team that haven't been like that. Like when they played Chelsea, you had De Bruyne was kind of cocky going into that game, ended up getting hurt um, first half. Phil Foden was obviously, that was the Phil Foden, Mason Mount era of, you know, who's better. Obviously it was Phil Foden, obviously it still is, whatever. But um, I think that when you bring a guy like Holland in, um, I think he brings the mentality. I think that he's a guy, if everyone else is, out of it mentally, he'll still be in it um, and can make the difference for them. I think they lose in the final um, to to uh, Real Madrid. I've had I've had Real Madrid since the beginning of the Champions League. Um, let's move on from City though and talk about Real Madrid um, and as well as Liverpool. Six two on aggregate. 
Liverpool never really showed anything of coming back and kind of having that miracle day like they've had in the past. But it was at the Bernabeu in the second leg, unfortunately, for them. Kind of sad to see Liverpool's downfall right now. It just keeps getting worse. 1-0 to Bournemouth at the weekend. Now they're out of the Champions League. Miller, can Liverpool rebound from this, or is their season kind of over at this point? I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's safe to say. I actually do think they could finish top four. I don't think Tottenham is super consistent, so maybe there's hope for that if you're a Liverpool fan, but I don't think there should – I mean, it's it's been a stinker of a season, but I think that there's still a top five club in England, and they're going to figure it out. Um, like, regarding the game – I just think, I don't know, I've never seen a team, I've never seen a Liverpool team get that destroyed at Anfield. Like, I watched the whole game, and it was just, like, brutal. So, I mean, I think it's a throwaway season. I don't think you panic. Keep Klopp and keep all your guys. Um, I think Darwin Nunez, as much as he gets hated on, I I think he's actually really good. And if you give him another season to develop, I think he'll be, like, a, a true striker there. So, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it, I think all the Liverpool fans knew this was coming. So, Roche, what are what, what's the what's the maximum like kind of expectation for Liverpool fans going forward this year? I think the maximum you can expect is if you're lucky, fourth in the Premier League and you get Champions League. The doors to creak open. Obviously, they had that massive win against United. Sorry, Miller. But yeah, but they lost the Bournemouth next week, so. They did. They don't. The thing for me is they don't really have anything to build on right now. I mean, you just got embarrassed. You got eliminated from the UCL. It's been a disappointment all season. I just don't really see how they're going to be able to turn around and say, all right, let's go back and push for more. I do think that there's some bright spots. I mean, if you asked me like three months ago, I would have been the first person to shit on Darwin Nunez. I hated him because they would compare him to Holland. But I think he's like a Jack Grealish type of player where he just needs a year or two to develop. If you look at Jack Grealish, trying to make this about Titi, but he was horrible for us last year. He settled in and became a quality player. I think Darwin Nunez will end up being the same type of thing. I'm very high on uh, Gakpo. I think that Salah's still got a lot left in him. I want to see what Trent does. But yeah, I think top four, squeaking in at four is the best that they're going to do this year. But I'd expect Europa League. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Um... Yeah, Miller. Sorry, no, no United talk on this podcast. This is a Champions League. No, this is Champions League. This is Champions League. Um, we're not even gonna. No, no, no. We're moving. No, no, no. We're no, no, no. We're moving on. Jesus. Um. Oh yeah, Arsenal just actually got out of the Europa League. Um. I mean, for me, Liverpool. Obviously, they can figure it out. They have one of the best managers of all time, in my opinion. They have all-time players like Van Dijk and and Trent and whatever. But they 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 need a new midfield. Um, Fabinho's old, Henderson's old. Um, they had they don't have any they don't have any young players. Um, I I've never liked Thiago. Even I, I, ever since ever since his last year at Bayern, I've never liked him. Even though Liverpool fans say he's like class or whatever, I've never liked him. But they need a new midfield. Um, but yeah, Liverpool is one of those teams I do not like talking about at all. Um, we can move on to another team I don't like talking about at all, Chelsea. Um, they won three. <laughs> yeah, it's pot o'clock, says Miller. Three. Speaking of 3-0, Chelsea 3-0 in their last three games. I'm not going to talk about Chelsea for too long. They won against Dortmund. I just want to hear you guys' take on are, are Chelsea back? Um, and if so, what, what, are, what are the heights for them as well? Roche. 
I don't know if I can say they're back quite yet, but they're definitely better off than they were a couple months ago. I think that all the money they spent in the transfer window, I mean, it was outrageous, but I think it definitely did them some quality. Um, I think Enzo Fernandez is going to end up being a very good player. He's kind of average a little bit right now. He's been playing better than he had. But um, Cal Felix, I don't really understand. They got him for a lot of, or for a low fee. But I think that Chelsea are on the upswing, but I'm not ready to say they're back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Joe Felix, for me, if you've listened to my past podcast with Will Franzen um, on, on Chelsea and on the Premier League, you know that Joe Felix isn't isn't my top guy. Miller, what's your take on Chelsea right now, just overall? We talk a lot about it. I'll keep it short. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Potter. He's growing on me a little bit. Um, they are definitely not back. I do not know how they won that second leg. Uh, the fact that Kai Havertz got gifted that second penalty is beyond me. It was the right call, but like, oh my God, if you don't hate him enough as a Chelsea fan already, I don't know what would make you hate him more besides missing that. Um, I mean, I watched the whole game, Raheem Sterling with that and scored Havertz penalty, uh, and then Dortmund had no Adeyemi. So, I mean, yeah, uh, future's bright, but I don't know. Let me just rip into so, Chelsea for a second here. I don't know. They're yeah. so, like, some days they're so, they show so much promise, and then some days they lose to Southampton, so. Here we go. Here's my Chelsea take, Miller, for you. Um, It's not pot o'clock. It never was. He's he's the worst man. He's Dude, he's so bad. Like, here's the thing. And everything is, is everything is going to get, like, when, like, my dad hears this, who's been Potter in since the start, like, I guess that's a good take at this point, but, like, his ability to like in game manage is so bad. We cannot finish games against Leicester. Against Leicester, it was two one. I mean, we got the third goal. Obviously, good. I mean, win whatever. He doesn't know how to make subs. He he takes good players out of the game. He puts in bad players that for no reason. Just it's like what Roche was saying about Man City. Just to keep him happy, whatever. Move on from that. You don't play the players that are good. You don't have a consistent eleven week in week out. Mikhailo Mudrik. Fofana. Exactly. You put the time they put Fofana and scored your only goal, bro. Exactly. You know what I hate on Chelsea, real quick. Mm-hmm. Cucurella. Oh my god! He never passes it upfield. Sorry, this isn't a shit on Chelsea, but I had to get that out there. I hate that guy. This, yeah, that's exactly what it is, Roche. This is exactly what's going you're gonna on. Get, um, I think you're gonna get a. I don't know. They shouldn't have fired Tuchel. I agree. I think that was a panic fire. I don't know where that came from, but it was it was a rush decision. Yeah, it was. Um, and Kai Havertz, uh, I hate him even more that he scored that penalty. Uh, I predict. Uh, just a fun fact. I told you. I told this to you Miller the other day. There's a Chelsea app that I look at before every game, and like they give you like the ability to like pick the game, like score, like first minute, like what's the minute that you're gonna score and whatever, pick everything. I've predicted for the Leeds game, for the Dortmund game, and for the Leicester game, I've picked 3-0 to the other team uh, just just because that's what I want to happen so Potter can get out and Kai Havertz can also get out when a new coach comes in. Um, but we're going to move on from that. I've talked way too much about Chelsea on this podcast in the past already. So, um, Last thing I want to talk about is Napoli. They are the hottest team in the world right now, in my opinion. Uh, they can't lose in the league. They can't lose in the Champions League. Uh, they convincingly won uh, their their matchup against who's against Frankfurt. Yeah, Frankfurt's also one of one of the most hot teams in the in the world right now. But you cannot win 
in Napoli, like you can't, like you can't, like the fans are too loud. It's too too crazy of an environment. But honestly, they have some of the best players in the world. Um, they're gonna get picked over in the summer, I think, by Premier League teams, especially Man United. I think Man United can go for two Napoli players, in my opinion. Ooh, baby, I can't wait. Kim Kim Min Jae, the center back, and then uh, Aussie Man, obviously, but everyone's gonna want him. So, Roche, give me your take on Napoli right now. Uh, can they win the Champions League? I don't think they can win the Champions League, but I really want them to. If it's not going to be City, I want it to be Napoli. I really want it to be Napoli. They're such a fun team to watch. They've got the passion. They're a team back on the upswing. I think you're right about them getting picked over. That's the other reason I want them to win it this year. Because it's like, I mean, you look at Ajax's run from a couple of years ago. If not now, then when? Mm-hmm. But they're really fun to watch. I'm very high on Ozyman. I also love Di Lorenzo. He had a great round of 16. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to win it. I just think that Bayern City and Real Madrid just have too much star power and too much experience. But I, to be honest, I hope it's them, if not City. Yeah, I hope I hope they get through the, at least the semifinal. They're such a fun team. Miller, do you have anything to say about uh, Man United going out for some of those players? I mean, obviously, if you make those signing, what what, what are you expecting from United? Yeah, I mean, first things first, we need new ownership. The Glazers got to get out. I, they're pathetic. They don't spend money. The whole Wild Leg Horse, Cody Gakbo fiasco just makes me so angry. They butchered that. But, I mean, if we get new ownership, yeah, I'm confident we can get a couple of those guys. But don't am I wrong, Teddy, or did they kind of get picked apart last year, too? They had some really good players that got taken from them last year, no? Um, I mean, yeah, Napoli are always a team. Like, they used to be one of my favorite teams to use on FIFA because it had, like, some of the best midfielders. And they had Insigne, and that's a guy they lost last year. He was a key player for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're always they're all they're kind of like I'm trying to compare them to a Premier League team. They're kind of like like a Tottenham, I guess. They have very good. They have like this year, obviously. But in the, like if I had to compare them to a Premier League team, it would be Tottenham. But uh, how do you pronounce that guy's name? Kavarchiala. 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 He's going to Real Madrid. Class man. Yeah, he is. He's very good. He's very good. Very fun to watch. Yeah, very good team. I think the city will burn down if they win the Champions League. I'll tell you that. I mean, it oh almost burned down yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's I know. crazy. Those photos, I feel bad for whoever's car that was. <laughs> I was definitely just some random person at work. The, I mean, the 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 champ. I don't know if you guys have seen the videos of, like the Champions League anthem. Um, it just everyone like it goes throughout the whole city because all the like, the buildings and apartments are around the stadium, so it's just it's nuts. Um, but I'm totally with Roche. If it's not Chelsea, it's it's got to be uh, Napoli for me in terms of who I want to win. Um, but that's gonna wrap it up for our little round of sixteen review. We're gonna get into our uh, round of sixteen team of the team of the uh, team of the round of sixteen. I guess we'll call it. Um, so let's do it right now. All right, yeah, let's get into it. Um, round of sixteen, uh, team of the tournament. I guess. Um, Roche, we'll start with you. Go start with the uh, start with the goalie rush, and then we'll go into the back four. All right, uh, in goal, I have Allison. I think that's a pretty easy pick. This was like the first name I wrote down. I, I think it was pretty easy for people to say, "Oh, well, he let in six goals," but I think that that was more to do with his back four. I said it earlier. He had a lot of great saves in the first half of that second leg. Yeah, I'm going with Allison. Mm-hmm. Consistently, Liverpool's best player. Even though they do let in an average of like three point eight goals per game, I'm pretty sure this season. Um, I'm also gonna go with Allison as my goalie. Roche kind of explained it there. It's not. My, I mean, he's the best goalie in the world right now, consistently, week in week out, uh, showing his class. And also, like his competitor was on the other side, Courtois. He was not very good actually in the two goals they gave up. They were kind of both his fault. So, 
Um, Miller, who do you got as your goalie? Change it up. I like Allison, but I'm going to butcher this name. Mike Mannion, the AC Milan goalie. Yeah, Mike Mannion. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be the French national team goalie now that Lloris is retired, if I'm if I right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he retired from international. I mean, I yeah, I watched that game, especially that first game. Uh, I mean, he had a couple sick saves. Tottenham had a header in the last minute of the second leg where he, he saved the game. So, yeah, I think he's super good. He's world-class at this, right now, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that. Um, gets down really well. Great goalkeeper. Um, let's move on to the back four. Uh, Rush, just just give us all four right now. Um, all right. Yeah. At left back, I'm going Di Lorenzo from Napoli. He had a goal in the first leg. I believe he had one in the second as well. He was amazing. Um, at center back, I put Delict. Um, I think that he was amazing too. I, I watched the Bayern uh, PSG game. I can't tell you how many counterattacks he pretty much curved on his own. He was phenomenal. I'm going to butcher this name of my other center back, uh, Gavardiol from uh, Leipzig. Mm-hmm. He had a header in the first leg versus City. It was really, he picked that one out. He played well too. He also stopped some counterattacks and was great in clearances in the box. And at right back, I'm going to Kanji. I don't really have anything to say that made him stand out, but he he was phenomenal in terms of just getting back. He also, I when I look at defenders, I just really look for can they stop counterattacks because I, I think that's when teams are most dangerous against a team like City and just a team in the Champions League. So yeah, I'm going to Kanji. He was also great at playing the ball forward. Really didn't make any mistakes, and that's what I look for. Wow. Um, I wasn't expecting that to be honest. I, I don't hate it, dude. I don't What's like up? Akanji. That's not a hot take at all. That's like you know who else doesn't like you know you you know who else doesn't like him, Miller? Pep. Pep also doesn't like him. No, he's he's developing a lot. I didn't like him at the beginning of the year either, but I can understand that. Miller, he's really good in FIFA though. He has like eighty pace in FIFA. If I didn't watch every city game, I'd probably still hate him. To be honest, that's fair. That is fair. That is fair. Um, for me, back four, uh, left back. Jocancello, uh he didn't play there. He actually played the opposite. He played right wing back for Bayern. Um he's unlocked this Bayern team in my opinion. They're kind of stale the entire the entire year he goes there on loan from City. Um and he's unlocked them in the league. He scored his first goal like I think last week. Um and then he kind of they 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 kind of moved to a back 3 when he came in. I don't think they really played that before. Um so he's kind of unlocked them in my opinion. Very good against PSG in those two games. So he's my left back. Um, Koulibaly and Kim Min Jae from Napoli are my two center backs. Koulibaly has, this is not just Chelsea bias. I think there's been, I've, I've listened to a couple of podcasts and shows or whatever on, uh, on the Champions League games. And I think there's been non-Chelsea fans saying that Koulibaly is different in the Champions League along with many other Chelsea players. Um, he's, he was very good, um, against Dortmund in the, in the second game, especially the first game, obviously the goal is not his fault. Would have been a shutout if. You know, someone if some Chelsea coach can figure out how not to put one guy back on a corner, it's really annoying. Um and then Kim Min Jay as well from Napoli is my other center back. Kept the shutout in both games. He's one of the best center backs in the world in my opinion. He's a top target uh for many teams. Like I think United is as top of that list right now, Miller. Um but he's very fast, very physical, um, can stop counterattacks, whatever, and then my right back is Denzel Dumfries from Inter. He was down the stretch. I watched the end of that uh, Inter Porto game the other day. Down the stretch of that game, Porto was very heavy on the attack, and Dumfries kind of shut down that whole right side and uh, got them over the line. So that's my back four. Um, Miller, Miller uh, what, do, what do you got? 
Okay, I like the Cancelo shout the left back guy, Teo Hernandez, Milan. Uh, this guy is so good, man. I mean, nothing to say. I think he's world class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a lot of that game, and I mean, he controls that Milan defense. He's just dominant. I mean, you saw, he, he's also super offensive. He takes the ball up, acts as a midfielder a lot, too. So, yep. center backs, I was in between two Bayern guys, Pumacano uh, or Delict. I think Delict. Played really well in these two games. So I'll go with Delict. Uh, Roche gave a good description why he's just he's just really grown since he was at AX. I think he's gotten like I don't know. He's gotten more defensively sound. He was always pretty good at offense. So uh, I'll go Delict. And then center back, I got a Chelsea guy, uh, Thiago Silva. I mean, he's literally I think 50 years old, but uh, he's amazing. I don't. I didn't watch uh, all that first leg. I watched the whole second leg, but he was really good and. In the Premier League all year, he's been amazing. So, Thiago Silva, and then right back, I, mean, I would say Vardial, but if we're going to go, I mean, Vardial, but if it's really strictly 16, round of 16, then probably, I don't know, it was pretty hard. Probably Kyle Walker, I'd say. I mean, I don't watch that much City, but when I do, he seems to make a difference. So, Yeah, Kyle Walker didn't uh, play this week. Obviously, whipped his dick out at a bar, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's uh, Vardial. I like Vardial a lot. He's really good. Mm-hmm. The, one, the one thing, I don't... I John Cancelo didn't play in the second leg, right? No, he did. He did. He didn't start. No, he did. did. He, he played, like, right mid, right wing back in the second leg. I swear to God, there was one leg where he didn't start. Uh, the first leg, I don't think he played, but he, oh, he was yeah, very good the second leg. Um... <laughs> I don't know if it's a hot take to put him at left back, though. I'm re- realizing that right now. He played, like, the exact opposite position. Um, it's okay, though. Um, Miller, I like the Thiago Silva take. Chelsea controlled the first leg. He missed out. No, no, he missed out the second one um, with the with an injury. I think he got injured against Dortmund, to be honest. It might have been against Southampton. I don't know. But um, Chelsea controlled that first game. They're unfortunate to lose, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I like it. I mean, it was just out of Yemi going coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, let's move into the midfield three. Roche, what do you got? Uh, at left mid, I have Kingsley Coman. Scored an absolute banger in the first leg that ends up advancing Byron. Mm-hmm. Center mid, you guys are going to shit on me for this one because it's a city player. It's Kevin De Bruyne. Jesus. I think... I think Talk about a guy that didn't play in the legs, Roche. Kevin De Bruyne played? He did not play, play in the, the second leg. Okay. You know what? That's fair. I did just use that argument. But Kevin De Bruyne, he, I mean, it was more of the same from him. I, I really thought that his performance was going to be overshadowed by Holland's five goals, but he was picking balls left and right. I mean, he was just doing what he always does. But he was phenomenal. He was playing through balls. He controlled the ball. There were plenty of times when we'd lose the ball and he'd immediately win it back. He tracks back on defense. Just a phenomenal player. Uh, and then, finally, I got Mo Salah. I've put him at left mid. Whoa. I think, or at right mid, my bad. The thing is, I watched both legs, and it felt like in both legs, past that 20 minutes at Anfield, he was the only one on Liverpool who tried to make something happen, ever. I mean, in the second leg, in the second half, it kind of looked like Liverpool was stagnant. He was playing through balls. He was making runs. And I think that really means something. It's not necessarily how many goals you put up or how many dribbles you complete i think it's a lot more about trying to make something happen and he really did that more than anyone okay um 
Salah, De Bruyne, and Coleman. I think Coleman is. I like that. Um, De Bruyne is crazy. I mean, I think you can take anyone from City based off how they played in the second game. They didn't put a foot wrong in that game. Obviously, they won seven nil. Um, and then Mo Salah. I just like. I don't like. Other than Allison, I mean Liverpool players. He, he no, I mean Mo Salah. Obviously, picking him in like the best team is not like a hot take at any point. If I'm not mistaken, he did score in the first leg. Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, but that was a blunder. Yeah, it was. I mean, he's good. I, I, I he's amazing. He's I would just like to say again, the reason I put him in isn't because he scored or because he like put stat sheets like this and that. It's because he tried to make something happen when no one else would. That's fair. That's what that's what got him into the squad for that. Okay. I like it. Um, for me, my midfield three are going to be uh, Camavinga, Modric, and Enzo Fernandez. I think Camavinga held down the third role in the midfield for Real Madrid against Liverpool. He's drawing fouls left and right uh, yesterday in the second leg. Kind of was one of the reasons that Liverpool couldn't couldn't find uh, anything going forward. And then Modric obviously showed his class once again in the first leg. Um, I think other than Vinny and Benzema, he was the best player in that game. Um, and winning five two at Anfield. If you're a top three player, you're gonna get into into a team of the team of the tournament or whatever. And then Enzo Fernandez, same thing with Koulibaly. Uh I don't want to keep picking Chelsea players, but he, the Chelsea players for some reason are just different in the Champions League. He's been good in every game he's played in. But I saw a take yesterday that said Timo Werner would actually be very good in this Chelsea team with Enzo Fernandez picking out uh, these runs by the Chelsea wingers and forwards. Um, I think if you take Kai Havertz out for Timo Werner right now in Chelsea, I mean, this might be a hot take, but I think that they're their top four team easily. Because um, Werner just moves more. And then Enzo just playing those balls, he's just he's just class. I think that he, he shut down the Dortmund defense. I mean, he's been criticized for his tackling. Um, I think he was I think he was great um, against Dortmund in terms of in, in his uh, defensive ability. So I got Enzo Fernandez, Modric, and Camavinga. For me, is my midfield three. Miller, what do you got? Okay, so... Also, at like holding midfield, I guess CDM. I got Rodri. I think he's the second best CDM in the world behind Casemiro. Uh, very, very good. I mean, obviously, Leipzig didn't do much in that second leg, but first leg was one to one, and he seemed to be a big, uh, big player. Modric, he's just the little magic man, dude. Like you watch him play. I don't know. He's just. He's the best passer in the world. He sees things that no, no other players do. So, especially in those two games, he, he took Liverpool apart. And then I got another Madrid player. I like the Cam of shout. He was really good, but I like Tony Cruz. I thought I thought him and Modric just looked really good together. And he had he almost had some bangers in that second leg. He was shooting from way outside the box. So, yeah. I mean, I mean that's all three midfielders from Madrid taken in these in this best team. I think that shows you how 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 desperately. Liverpool need a midfield to compete with these teams. Um, let's move into the front three, though. This is where it gets interesting because I think the back four and the midfield three, you can kind of like switch in between like a Chelsea, a City, a Bayern, um, a Madrid, whatever. But let's get into it because there, there are a lot of options for strikers, in my opinion. There's, I think there's there's a, there's a few options for left wing and right wing, though. Um, so, Roche, what do you got? All right. Left wing, I have Vinicius. He's another guy who just made stuff happen. Obviously, he had two goals, if you can call it two. That one, again, the Allison blunder. Mm-hmm. I call it two goals. You put yourself in the right place at the right time. It's a goal. But he's just another guy who just makes stuff happen. That's what really makes a good player for me. At striker, I've got Holland. I mean, 
five goals. You can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. I don't care how he scores them. You get yourself in the right place at the right time. If everyone could do it, then everyone would. And then our right wing, I've got, I'm going to butcher this. We've said the name a couple times. Ossiman. He had three goals, constantly making stuff happen. And he was phenomenal. It felt like he was always making a run in that second leg, too. It was amazing. I like it. I mean, Ossiman and Holland, I think the, these type of performances, obviously, Holland scoring five goals is not what you expect, but I think these type of performances from them, too, right now. Um, are expected. I think that Aussie men can need to continue playing at this level um, to get a payday in the summer. So I like I like that front three rush. But I'm going to counter that front three with probably the hottest take of all time on Petty's pod. Um, uh, left wing, I have Vinny. Obviously, uh, two goals and an assist in those legs. I mean, I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to go to I'm going to skip over the striker, and then I'm going to go to the right wing to Serge Gnabry. Actually, I think he was key for Bayern. I think I'm pretty sure he got a goal. Um, I haven't had. I don't think I've had any. Yeah, I haven't had any Bayern players. I think. Oh yeah, Cancelo. I had. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't had any Bayern players. So I had to go with the Bayern player there. Obviously, Oziman, top, top player. And then here's my take for striker. I'm gonna skip over Holland. Uh, I think that's a week in, week out type of performance. He just finished um, a couple more chances than he usually does. Um, I'm gonna skip over Oziman. I think same thing. I think we're expecting that. Can I guess? What? Yeah, you can guess. No, no, no. I'm going to skip over. Actually, I'm going to skip over him too. Gonçal Ramsh. Uh, shout out to uh, James Spatzik. Um, but uh, he, I think, what did he score? Like four goals um, in, over the two games? Uh, Ramos? Something like that. Uh, I'm going to skip over him. And I'm going to go with Kai Havertz. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. I think Kai Havertz has been disrespected on this podcast more than any player ever. And, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And by me, yeah, yeah. But those podcasts have been Premier League podcasts. He's horrible. He's a horrible soccer player, horrible footballer in the Premier League. When it comes to the Champions League, this guy is different. In the first game, in the first game, he was, he was, he was running, which is actually a surprise. He was running. He was he was actually going forward. He was making forward passes as a striker, which is actually crazy. Um, I didn't know he could do that. And he was actually and he actually scored the winning goal. If you guys didn't know, um, he deserves he he deserved it. I mean, I I I hated that he scored and he had to take the penalty. I don't think he should have taken the penalty in the first place. But this guy was different in the Champions League. He put in two great performances and helped Chelsea win that second leg going forward and creating chances. I mean, we're not going to forget how many chances that Chelsea had over those two legs. I mean, it was, it was over like 30 chances, I'm pretty sure, shots on goal. He had a really good shot against the post in that second mm-hmm. leg, too. Mm-hmm. He was off. He, he had a very good goal, actually, that got called off sides because Sterling was off sides. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was awesome in those two games. So I don't think that's a hot take, but in terms of how I've talked about habits in this podcast, I think it's a hot take. But it was a hot take okay. until you explained yourself. Okay, I yeah. like it. Um, but I think the hot take is skipping over Holland and Aussie men. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, Miller, who I, do you got? I get the yeah. I get the week in week out thing, but I feel like if you perform, even if you perform every week, you should be in. Yeah, skipping over Holland after scoring five goals is kind of disrespectful. But um, Miller, what do you got for your front three? Uh, okay. Left wing, Vinny. I mean, it's boring, but he's the best 
mm-hmm. winger in the world probably right now. Uh, right wing, I would. I was mentioning a couple guys. I was thinking maybe putting Coman up there because he plays wing sometimes for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go with Riyad Mahrez. Mm. I think I don't understand why he doesn't start every game for City. I think he's the, one of the techiest ballers in the world. Uh, I know they have they have Grealish, they have Foden who also play winger. I don't know. I think they're left wingers though. I don't even know who would start over him. Like uh, he's so good. He's so fun to watch. He had their one goal in that first leg. Um, the guys world class. So I got him on the right, and then down the middle, I'm also skipping over Holland. Um. I'm also skipping over Concalo Ramos, and I think Kareem Adeyemi had a really good first game. Um, I'm going to go with Victor Osimhen. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm biased because he might come to Man U, but he's just so good with his goggles. He's just so fun to watch, dude. So, yeah, that's my front three. Yeah, I mean, I think a guy that we skipped over is Kovacikela, um, Yeah, kind of for Napoli. He would, I would put him at right wing, but I think Nabry played more of a role in beating PSG, and obviously Bayern beat PSG, yeah. one of the best teams in the world. Um, if you still want to call him that, actually, they're not I, one of the best I, teams. I, I'm so happy PSG's out. Yeah. 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 Um, um, hey, what about Romelu Lukaku? <laughs> That's funny, bro. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why he had to like decide to score a goal. Um I mean, he doesn't know how to score goals. We'll see what happens with him in the summer. That's for a later podcast. But uh, that guy—he yeah, sucks. He's so bad. <laughs> um, what? Real quick though, uh, predictions for a Champions League winner, Roche. Who do I think is going to win the Champions League? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to say City, but I'm going to go with Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I mean, they're just—they've just been there so many times. The thing is. You look at the, like it. Experience matters a lot, in my opinion. And it's just like they, you look for a weakness, they don't have it. You know, you could say the same about City, but I personally feel like our defending is a little bit of a weak spot right now. I'm still scratching my head over why we let go of Cancelo, but yeah, I think it's going to be Real Madrid. Hmm. Yeah, same here. I said it earlier. Um, they've been my pick all year. I'm going to go with Madrid as well. Miller, who do you got? Hot take, Betty. I got a hot take. Yes. I like Madrid a lot. Uh-huh. Hot take. Chelsea. <laughs> Just hear me out. Okay. I I'm think, bro. Oh. Okay, the last time they won the Champions League, I think they finished like sixth in the Premier League. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. They finished fourth like, that year, but they were so bad. Um, it's because Tuchel, okay, like, Tuchel won one zero every single week. Um, that was one of their worst years besides this year in the last whatever ten years. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't know why, but you said it best. When they're playing a Champions League game, if Potter doesn't butcher this and plays a decent starting eleven with people that are in form that he has no like prior bias to, if he plays the most informed squad he can, I, I think they could go to the final at least and win it. I don't know. I think it's probably Madrid, but that's just a fun take. I think that... Uh... I mean, you know that I don't like talking about Chelsea, and I think they suck, obviously. Um, and the reason that I was like, I was watching the game the other day, the Dortmund game, and we won, whatever. And my dad comes downstairs, and he's like, "Hi," he's like, "Let's go." Like we moved on, and I'm just like, "I like it doesn't matter. Like we're not getting top four, we're not getting top six. It doesn't matter until we go to the final. Like making this next round of the Champions League has no impact on anything." Um, but uh, 
if they win, if they get to the final, um, yeah, I, I, I would take them um, to win the to win the game. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a hot. I mean, picking any of these teams, I think, is not a hot take. You look at Bayern, you look at Madrid, City, Chelsea, Inter. I think Inter would be the hottest take um, right now. I think Benfica are better than them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a hot take at all. We're gonna get into um, a hot take segment, which we haven't done in a while. Um, on Petty's Pod, but it's going to be fun. We're going to do our all-time Premier League 11. Um, this is actually a, a lunch table conversation, which was what this used to be called uh, yesterday, so we're going to get straight into it right now. All right, yeah, let's get straight into it. Um, yeah, Roche, this is an all-time Premier League 11. I know we just talked about Champions League for a while, but um, we want to talk about this on the pod today, so we're just going to get straight into it. Roche, who do you got as a... We're going to do it the same way we just did the uh, round of 16 team. Um, Roche, who do you got at goalie? All-time Premier League 11. Uh... In goalie, I'm going Peter Sek. Sek. Check. Fuck. I don't know. Check. <laughs> Bro, I've never known how to pronounce no, it. Yes. No, you're right. No, I know. It's hard. Like, it's just his first name, too. Why is he spell it P E T R? Like, that's so. Whatever. Um. Yeah, Peter Check. Most clean sheets of all time. I mean, there's nothing more to say. He's just a legend. I almost went for Schmeichel, but I think Check having the most clean sheets does it for me. Mm, I, I I agree. I mean, he's a Chelsea player. Obviously, I agree. Love love the guy. Even though he did go to Arsenal for a while, now he's a goalkeeper coach and one of the directors at Chelsea. Love the guy. Um, actually, he might have gotten fired by Bully. I don't know. Um, but for me, uh, my goalkeeper is going to be Edwin Van der Sar. Uh, I think that he would be. I think he's one of the only goalies. Um, on like the all-time list that would still be like top like top five in today's game um he's super lengthy he's like a very he's like a juiced up nick pope um like if nuke if nick pope was like uh, like on a top team he, i think that he would be like vanisar he's huge like six like six maybe six eight or something long arms beat chelsea in a champions league final in 2008 um in a penalty shootout um he's won everything obviously all united players on this list are gonna have to uh win everything to be on it and, and they have so I'm gonna go with Vandestar here. Um Miller, who do you got? Yeah, uh, I was I'm gonna go with Peter Schmeichel. He's a he's most wins I think of all time as Premier League Premier League goalie. I think you can't go wrong with any of those three, but I mean let's just switch it up. Peter Schmeichel. Mm, I think those three are the only three options though. Like I think I after agree. those three I think it kinda that drops guy, off. What about like Lev Yashin, that super old dude? Did he punish really the Russian guy? Yeah, I have no, I have no idea with the hat. Yeah, well, maybe I'll take him. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> if he played the Premier League. The Nottingham Forest goalie from like a while ago. What? Maybe I don't know. He's old, but um, I'll go Schmeichel. Okay. Yeah. I mean, easy. I like that we all have different ones, but I think after those three, it kind of drops exactly. off. Um, let's go into the back four here. I think that you can have a couple modern players in this back four. So, Rose, who do you got? Yes. All right, left back, Ashley Cole, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, three-time Premier League winner. I believe he won the Champions League in 2012. Yep. Um, no, uh, so, at center back, I also have a, another current player, Virgil van Dijk. I mean, he's just, he's terrifying. I can't, like, if you if you put him in the 80s, no one would ever get by him. No one gets by him today either, but you get what I'm saying. Eh, today he gets he gets beaten pretty easily today. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, but if we're talking about all time, <laughs> I mean, he's been he's been very dominant since yeah. he entered. Even when he was with Southampton. Yeah. 
What the hell is that noise? Did you hear that? Oh, that was Miller. All right, who do you got next to Van Dyke, really? Uh, John Terry. I'm going to skip over him because I'm really excited for this. For this, my right back. This is my hot take. Get ready for this. You guys are going to hate this. Kyle Walker. Bro. You have to explain uh, like, Explain yourself. Like, yeah, explain it. I don't know. All right. Well, okay. He is easily the paciest right back of all time. That's, that's when was not the true. Last time someone, just not when true. was the last time someone outran him? Um, um, it was actually uh, in the Champions League final. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't play them in the Champions League. Oh, sorry, sorry, that sorry. was no. That no, was no. It was actually Reese James. I'll actually give you a date, Roche. Okay. It was actually Reese James oh. in December against Man. One of the three games they played against Man, uh, Man City. Um, it was actually Reese James, last person run by Kyle Walker. But yeah, keep going. All right. Well, my other reason is he's the perfect. I I I talked about this earlier with um. He's the perfect right back for stopping counterattacks because you just can't get by him. You cannot outpace him. Bro, who's better why. right now, Kyle Walker or H- Hakimi? Hakimi. <laughs> so you think if Hakimi was in the Premier League, he would be the best Premier League right back of all time? No. Because Kyle Walker has been in the Premier League for a long time. He's been getting it done for a long time. If I had to pick, I don't care... Who it is, he fits our play style so well because when we control the ball, he gets it right back. No one can counter us when Kyle Walker is on the pitch, effectively, because he just gets back. I'm telling you, just watch the games. No one can get by him. He kills a counterattack so fast, and that's how you beat City. You have to counterattack against City, and you can't when Kyle Walker is on the pitch. You can't get by him. Okay, um, my two problems with that, they're kind of the same. One, he hasn't played enough games. Um, two... Or actually, I have three reasons. We'll make it three reasons. Two, he played for Tottenham. I don't want to see any Tottenham players on this list. Um, and three, and three, he's injury prone. If you look at the all of the options for a right back, like you look at Trent, one of the most reliable players. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off with my back fourth, the right back. I have Gary Neville. He's played the most games for United, over four hundred, over four hundred appearances for United. I think that Kyle Walker is like too inconsistent, too injury prone. Um, to be on an all-time list, but he's also won multiple Premier Leagues. But every City player over the last couple of years has, as well. So I mean, Kyle Walker, obviously he's he's obviously top ten, top five, maybe, um, best right back. So I don't think that's that hot of a take, Roche. Um, I just think that there are better options in terms of like games played, in terms of like stats, ability-wise. Obviously, he's top. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think he's played enough games. He's really injury prone. The reason he got in for me is because of just what he's capable of doing for his team. I think that means something. I didn't think that we were going off of injury prone because, like, in a perfect world, there's no injuries. And also, like, certain players fit certain squads. I think Kyle Walker's the perfect match for us because he snuffs out counterattacks. That's why he got in in for me. Plus, he has been in the Premier League for a decently long time. He was with – he had been with – Tottenham since like 2013 he's been in the league for like 10 years mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah I already yeah I said my right back Gary Neville most caps for United great players he actually scored some uh some goals when it when right backs weren't supposed to be getting forward so like that obviously won everything um then then my center back actually my other three are the exact same as Rush John Terry Van Dyke and Ashley Cole I think Ashley Cole um is one of three options I think um, at the left back position, 
I think that he, him going to Arsenal made him an all-time legend, or him going to Chelsea from Arsenal made him an all-time legend. I mean, that was he was one of the first guys to do that. Since then, we've seen many people do that. We saw Czech do it, we saw David Luiz do it, William, all these guys. Jorginho now is the latest. Um, so I think that Ashley Cole, obviously top left back of all time in the Premier League, and then Van Dyke, a super modern defender over the past five years, been a been the core part of Liverpool's success. Um, without him, I don't know if they would be where they are. Um, it doesn't really matter who he's playing next to is the biggest thing for me. I think he's classed with Kanate, he's classed with Matip. He was classed with um, Joe Gomez when Joe Gomez was just was just starting. I think that he's turned him into a top a top player. Um, but yeah, and then John Terry, obviously just straight legend. Um, I think everyone would have John Terry in there in their all-time Premier League 11. So Roche and I have very similar back fours. Miller, who do you got? Okay, right back, Gary Neville. Uh, everything you said is true, Petty. Center back, John Terry. Same thing, everything you said is true. Then we change it up from here. Center back, Rio Ferdinand. Um, uh, just like look at his highlights. This guy was so strong. Mm-hmm. I think he's like an old, like, he... Were you between? Let me ask you a question, Miller. Were you between? Were you between Vidic and Rio for this position? Yes, I actually think Vidic might have been more fun to watch because he was super like physical and he was just throwing his body on the line every every game. But I think I mean Rio Ferdinand because he just pocketed defenders in one of the best times of the Premier League. I mean, from two thousand two to two thousand nine, he pocketed the best strikers in the world. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I was in between those two, but I'll go real for them. And then left back, I was going to say actually Cole, but to change it up, it's another United guy, Patrice Evra. Um, he, I watched his highlights the other day, um, and he was just, I think he was a little like ahead of his time. He got in the rush a lot. He won that, he was on that line with Rio Ferdinand when they won the Champions League in 2008. And I mean, Ashley Cole is probably just, I mean, he's probably the best but just to change it up i'll say because he was also i like it i think he's super underrated um yeah man you legend for sure look up his highlights no i like it i like patrice um i think when he was playing there over valencia i don't know if you know who valencia is miller on past united teams i hated that guy dude he was he was so annoying but patrice everyone would always play over him so i was happy um yeah i like that i don't i don't hate that at all um we'll move into the uh, midfield three once again i think that I think I have a hot take here. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to see what you guys say. But, uh, Roche, who do you got as your midfield three? Okay. Uh, left mid, I've got Frank Lampard. Obviously a Premier League legend, another Chelsea legend. I'm looking at my team now. I didn't realize how many Chelsea players I have in here. I'm sure you love that, Petty. But, I mean, he's the dream box-to-box midfielder. I believe he's still Chelsea's all-time leading scorer. Yeah. He's, I mean, just a class player. He's everything you want in midfielder. And at center mid, I'm sure you guys can predict this one, Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's the perfect facilitator. I think when it's all said and done, he'll be at least a top two midfielder in Premier League history. I think that the one thing holding him back from being a top midfielder of all time just in the sport is winning a Champions League, but I, I do think it'll happen before he retires. And then Steven Gerrard at right mid. Mm-hmm. I mean, no real. Com- I mean, so would, I don't think. Derek, but I mean, I don't see how you could argue with it. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be too many complaints um, when we're talking about all-time guys, um, unless there's a super crazy take. Um, but th- because there's reasoning to back up all these guys, like numbers, um, what you like about them, what you don't like about them. But yeah, I have Frank Lampard and De Bruyne as well. 
Um, obviously, I'm going to go with Frank Lampard, Chelsea's all-time score, box, box, midfield, whatever. I think that England was very disappointed to not win a World Cup when they had him and Gerard um, in the same team. Um, but yeah, and same with Kevin De Bruyne. Roche kind of covered it there. He's He's been the best midfielder in the Premier League all time, in my opinion, for the last, I don't know, like three years. I've really liked the guy. I've based my real game off him for a while. Um, always liked him. And then my third one, which is different, is going to be a defensive midfielder. And I'm going to go with N'Golo Kante, my favorite player of all time. Um, he's won everything. He's won a World Cup. He's won, a Premier, he's won two Premier Leagues, the Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, Europa League. He has a player of the season in the Premier League. Uh, as a defensive midfielder, that's crazy. I think Casemiro will maybe win it this year um, to be the first since him. But, I mean, this guy is, is all-time. And I think that if you don't consider him um, in the all-time 11, I think that's kind of disrespectful because I think that players like a, a Vieira or like a Paul Scholes will, will go straight in there without thinking about Conte. But when you look at this guy's resume, I mean, he's he's got to be in the team. And then when you look at how Chelsea play, especially over recent times without him, they struggle. I mean, he carried them to the Champions League. He won every sing every single game they played leading up to that Champions League win. He won man of the match, and then he won it in the Champions League final as well. So, yep. N'Golo Conte is in there for me. Frank Lampard, De Bruyne, and N'Golo Conte. So I have, I think that's my uh, my last modern player. But I have three three uh, three current players in this all time Premier League level, which is kind of cool. So Miller, who do you got in the midfield? Very similar. Frank Lampard. Um legendary Everton manager will go with holding midfielder this is different Patrick in FIFA super good uh, crazy resume Patrick Vieira mm-hmm. when he won all those championships with Arsenal I mean you, I think you play him on any team and he's the, automatically one of the best players on the team and then we go Steven Gerrard honorable mentions though Paul Scholes and Roy Keane two manual legends mm-hmm. no honorable mention to Kevin De Bruyne Oh uh, yeah, I guess yeah. The, no hate to Kevin De Bruyne, not a mention too. I yeah, guess no, I, mean, I don't. I, the, the the modern guys kind of just like flew uh, my mind when I'm going all time. I think that Vieira, um, he has he has everything except the Champions League. Um, yeah, so that's true. what that's what put Conte in for me. It's also Conte is one of my favorite yeah, players true. of all time, so I had to put him in. But yeah, Vieira, oh, you you mentioned FIFA. He's one of our favorite players in FIFA. Um, an ultimate team and using him in FIFA, love the guy. Um, he's also a very good, very underrated coach right now at Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. He is he's doing he's doing bits as they like to say in England. Um, at, at Crystal Palace. Um, so we're gonna move on to the front three though. Uh, this is gonna be fun. Roche, who do you got the front in the uh, in the front three? Uh, I got Thierry Henry. Obviously, I mean he's just one of the best of all time. There's nothing to say about it. I'm I. Still baffled that he didn't win the Ballon d'Or in 2003. I mean, I wasn't alive, but it's just baffling to me that he never won a Ballon d'Or. Um, at striker, I was really I was between Kane and Wayne Rooney. I've gone for Kane. I think that I mean he has over 200 Premier League goals. I think if he stays in the Premier League this summer, he will eventually become the all-time leading scorer. And right wing, I've gone for Ronaldo. I think you can put him on either wing, and he's phenomenal. Um, he's in the, I mean, he was so fun to watch. Just look up his highlights. He was an amazing player. Um, obviously won a Champions League uh, with uh, United. I, the one thing for Ronaldo that I was hesitant to put him in uh, the starting 11 
that he didn't play that long in the Premier League, only like what five seasons. But I mean, he was he was amazing when he was on the field. I think that the last two seasons for Ronaldo kind of go over people's heads. He was United's top goal scorer. He won the most player of the month in the Premier League last year. Um, and then he was scoring goals every week in, week out. Um, um, for me, I think that uh, Harry Kane at striker is, is nuts. I think that's a, a crazy take because, yes, he scored the most goals. And when you compare him to Rooney or whatever and like on like the goals list or whatever, like obviously he's up there. Whatever I mean, he's a do it all type of striker, which none of none of these guys are kind of, in my opinion, uh, kind of drop back, get assists as well as goals, which he's done the past like ten years or so. Um, but I think that would be kind of the same as putting like a Robin Van Persie or like a Rude Van Nistelrooy um, in the team because they because he. Yeah, but he's not like he he's he's not comparable to guys like. I don't think Harry Kane uh, touches Aguero even, um, in terms of because just based off trophies. No, I would I like I would rather have Aguero than a Harry Kane in an all time team. single trophy that's what's crazy. Yeah, that's that's the one thing where I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't put. It. But like, in my opinion. Team accolades shouldn't be that big of a discussion. I like you said, Teddy. I think that he's he's a do it all striker. I like that you said he gets a lot of assists. Um, but for me, it's just that the longevity. I mean, he's been doing it for so long. I firmly believe if he goes to United or another Premier League team this offseason, he will be the leading scorer when it's all said and done. And yeah, I think that. Aside from like the trophies and stuff, he like you said, Roche, he's done it year in year out. Um, I think that he, I think he's missed his window to leave. I know United will go for him, but I mean, a lot of teams have gone for him over the past three years in particular. I think he's missed his window to leave. I think he's at Tottenham, um, and he's and he's there to stay. He's still he's still fairly young. I mean, he's young thirties. Yeah, I think he's thirty thirty one. Um, yeah, I think he'll break the record. Um, I mean, it's because I think when he first wanted out and he was about to go to City, um, and I think it was like two summers ago, he kind of started that season awful and then still ended up with, 20, I think it was like 17, maybe 20 goals um, that season. So he, he does it. It's really easy for him. So, yeah, I think he'll break the record. Um, other than that, though, Rush, I think I have no problems with your front three. I like that you have uh, Terry, Henry, Terry Henry on the wing. For me, my front three, I'm going to go left wing Ronaldo. I think that the last two seasons have been underrated for him um not even thinking about the five seasons he spent um as as becoming a legend at united um but when you spend five seasons at a club and all their fans say he he's an all-time player for your team he's got to be in this won a ball and door one of the only players on this list i think to have won a ball and door for me um but united legend um really one of the first like techie type of wingers um that wasn't brazilian um, because when he was when he was coming up, it was all like Brazilian guys. Messi was also on the come up there, but he kind of came in and just kind of dri- dribbled around and found goals. Um, so I think that's huge. So obviously Ronaldo, young Ronaldo in this team. On the left, on the right, I'm gonna go David Beckham. I think that his his best his best his best like football or whatever was at Real Madrid in my opinion. But I think that he was such a key factor in the Champions League run in like 1998. I think it was when they won the treble. 
Um, he was such a huge factor in that in those teams, um, and he was very young at that time too. So her, Sir Alex really helped him um, in terms of known, and uh, he was he was their best player that season, I think, when they won the treble. So that that gives me a living with the striker as my last spot, and I was between Terry Henry or uh, Wayne Rooney. I went with Wayne Rooney, United's all-time scorer, and when you look at United, we already mentioned them: Van Nistelrooy, Van Persie. Um, you know, you can, the list goes on and on. Ronaldo, like all these guys, and Wayne Rooney outshine them all. Um, and I think what, he also has one of my favorite videos of him screaming at the ref, and then just running into a ball and scoring from forty-five yards out um, into the top corner. So I think Wayne Rooney, all-time striker in the Premier League. Obviously, the, the trophy case speaks for itself. So I've got Ronaldo, David Beckham, and Wayne Rooney as my front three. So Miller, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, I feel there's a lack of wingers that are, like, all-time. Mm-hmm. So, you're having this conversation. I wish I could put, like, some underrated wingers, like Eden Hazard, Gareth Bale. They're not all-time. So, I'll go Thierry Henry on the right. Um, Ronaldo on the left. And there's so many good strikers, dude. It's crazy. I'll change it up. This is going to be maybe a little controversial, but I love this guy growing up. He was a little before my time, but just played with so much passion and won a lot of trophies. Uh, Didier Drogba, I thought I think okay. was the love that, absolutely love that. A guy we haven't even mentioned yet. Um, Dude, I mean, he carried them to that Champions League in 2012. I don't even know. I think he won three Premier Leagues, at least two. He won two, um, and then Mourinho brought him back to help the young guys. Yeah. He called it, and he like backed up. Diego Co- uh, no, not Diego Costa. He backed up someone. In, yeah, I in mean, he's just 15, like a legend. I'll never forget that video <coughs> of him yelling at the Barcelona camera, which is so fitting right now that they're under heat for cheating. When he's what he say, like this is a disgrace or whatever he was yelling mm-hmm. at the camera. Yeah. When they got completely screwed, was that a semifinal game? Yeah. Dude, that was. I mean, Barcelona. They're a disgrace to the team. They could have a whole pot about talking how much of a joke they are. Um, but yeah, I think he's just like, he was, dude, he could score from anywhere. He, he played with so much swagger. Another guy, I think that like, was a Brazilian, he's from an African nation. He was just selling so, with so much passion. And he's just, yeah, that guy's a legend. I could have, I could have said another guy, I mean, definitely Wayne Rooney, uh, but also like Dennis Bergkamp, I think super underrated. Oh yeah. Um, so but I'm going to go Didier Drogba. Yeah, Roche. So I love that, but Roche, do you have any problems with that at all? Did you Yeah. Oh, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. No, I really like that pick, Miller. I think that obviously yeah, won that. He won that. Yeah, he won them that game in 2012. Obviously, legend. Everyone loves him. There's a sign in Stanford Bridge. Drugba legend. Um, really started the trend of bringing in kind of big, fast strikers to Chelsea. You saw Murata came in when he was good. Um, he sucked. He he sucked. He was terrible. Di- Diego Costa, Lukaku when he was young, Sturridge was in there for a while, um, and then Fernando Torres came in. He was awful. Um, should have won. Should he literally should have won a Ballon d'Or the year before he came to Chelsea and somehow was terrible. Even though he did score some big goals in the Champions League. Um, that's gonna wrap it up for uh, this episode. Thank you, boys, for coming on. Um, yeah, really fun episode, really long episode. Um, but I love it. Going to listen back to it in a minute. Um, in terms of upcoming pods, I mean, it's March Madness. 
um that's really it's really all that's coming up here over the next week it's gonna be march madness i think we're gonna have a couple nt sports podcasts in there too next week so that'll be fun miller good luck this weekend at the uh, at the uc you want to speak speak on it for a second no real quick i just can't take it it's gonna be a good time got york 330 uc i mean it's a hockey center just take the train down if you want to drive it's gonna be like a hell of a time so Mm -hmm. pull up Mm -hmm. yep ntg going for state We've talked about the goals on this podcast, so that's one of them. Be there on Sunday, like Miller said. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode, though. It's been really fun, and uh, we'll catch you next time.